Good morning, or whenever you listen to this. This is your host, Emily Wilkins of the Evaluation the New Age Book Club. And this week we're going over chapters 4, 5, and 6 of On Beep Yourself, Get Out of Your Head, and Into Your Life by Gary John Bishop. So let's jump in. Chapter 4 is called I Got This. Everyone has their problems, and life isn't always perfect. It never will be. That's the first quote. Um, so, chapter 4, page 77. You could be facing massive problems. You got laid off, your spouse filed for divorce, you wrecked your car, or maybe there are all three at the same time. So much for the lucky charm, huh? Or it could be something less serious. You lost your favorite shirt, your glass broke, your dog used your mail for a toy. You didn't get much sleep last night. You burned dinner. The thing is, the negative experiences we have rarely stay contained to that one issue. They spread. Like a toxic chemical, they seep into all aspects of our lives. You end up thinking, this is bottom of 78 into 79. As always, I'm skipping a lot, so don't forget to go get the book. Um... Bottom of 78, into 79. You end up thinking, life is too hard. I'll never make it through this. Everyone's a jerk. I'm done with this. Beep. These sentiments don't reflect reality, no matter what you might currently think, but rather your perception of your reality. Unfortunately, knowing this makes no difference whatsoever when you're stuck right bang in the middle of it all. And of course, all of this only makes things somehow even worse. A negative experience... Uh, for myself or my life doesn't help me overcome what I'm dealing with, let alone enjoy my life. To deal with this, we need to shift how we view our problems in the world and adapt a new, powerful, optimistic, and grounded approach. That's why my next personal assertion is, I got this. So, the next section is called Putting Problems into Perspective. Uh, I'm going to skip a little bit, and we're going to go to page 82. Get connected to your reality, your real life, instead of your emotionally soaked self-talk narrative about your life. Now, the reason why I liked that was because I've heard a lot of people say, um, you're you're not control there's part of there's part of your brain you're not control of you know there's a lot of unconscious unconscious things that you just do you're not consciously aware of things you know how many times you've been driving to work and all of a sudden you look up and you're like how did i get here and it's because you were so in your head that you zoned out and i mean you got there safely obviously but you just zoned so i like that he he spoke on this and the the reality is there are always, quote, two sides of the story, kind of unquote type thing, right? And when he says, think about it from a different perspective, um, I don't know if that, I don't know if that's ever necessarily possible other than to think from your point of view, right? Because your, your experiences have shaped how you view the world. I do think sometimes what people like to do is they like to shame you for feeling the way that you feel. And something that I want to point out is 
It's okay to have negative thoughts. And he does actually talk about this. It's okay to be negative. It's okay to have, we all have those thoughts. We're always going to have those thoughts. I think the difference and something that a lot of, and this is like a, you know, this is kind of a cheesy, corny, I'm not, I, it's an okay book. I think that the biggest thing is, um, allowing yourself to feel those things, but moving forward. And going, okay, yeah, I feel this way, but now it's time to move on. Okay, I've, I've thought this negative thought, because who hasn't been in the car and someone cut them off and you're like, this is, this, is a, this is a shit way to start my day. F you. You know, right? But I think it's okay to feel that way, obviously, a little anger, a little disappointment that other people can't drive. But should it affect your whole day? No. And for some people, it does. And I think that's the emphasis that should be put from my point of view, I'm not the writer, but in my point of view, that's something that I take with me. So to continue on, what we'll do, what this will do is help you put things in some kind of reality-based perspective. This will serve to help your life and all its problems with a powerful attitude to starve the creeping specter of negativity that can and does catch us in its grip. If everyone around you is dealing with their issues, even those that are worse than yours, then you certainly can. Our problems are still real, and they still hurt, and they can still result in our emotions getting the better of us. When you start having those crappy feelings, take a step back, way back, but not further than that, much further than that. Keep going. See if you can picture your life for what it really is. You have to start here with your imagination. On the bottom of 83, take this time to think about the most memorable experiences of your life. Perhaps you recall walking down the aisle with the love of your life, maybe the birth of your first child, and the feeling of holding them in your arms. Would you try that for anything? Go back to that family vacation you took in the Caribbean, spending a few days in paradise. Open up and allow yourself the good grace of those times. Think about the bad, too. Remember all the problems you faced and eventually overcame. A lot of them may be similar to what you're dealing with today, and you probably felt a lot of them with the same emotion back then too. So he ends that kind of rant-ish, which I skipped a lot. I kind of just went to the parts that I highlighted. But you did it. You raised up, kicked on, looking back, some of these problems might even seem a little silly now. So to to go back to this concept that he's talking about at 83 when you're having those crappy feelings, take a step back, way back. Um, I've actually heard somebody else say this. You know how much I love Jocko. If you know me, you know I love Jocko. So Jocko has, it's called um, Detach. And what you do is, yeah, you take a step back and you detach. And you look at the situation from a step back. Because a lot of times when you're... It's really hard to look at the big picture when you're in the picture. So, I do like that uh, bit of advice. Um, now, page 86 uh, starts with looking into uh, looking to the future. There are reams of untapped potential and opportunity, opportunity waiting in your future. Where it's a major life event... Whether it's a major life event or a night of laughing with your best friends. 
Think about the day you're going to die. I know it's not pleasant, but it's going to happen, so why not accept it now? In this life, you'll sometimes have to do things you don't want to with people you don't like in places you don't care for. People will leave you, leave your life quickly and easily as they came into it. You lose money, things break, your dog will die, but you'll get through it all, the good and the bad, just like you did in the past. So now uh, we're on page 88, a sea of somethings. Quote, it is during our darkest moments that we must focus to see the light. Uh, unquote, that's a quote from Aristotle. Everything on your plate at this point in time is just another something in the seas of something. Your boat hasn't and won't sink so easily. There may be some waves, you might go through some storms, and you'll probably end up seasick from time to time, but your journey across the ocean we call life will continue. Page 89. You can't afford to allow your struggles to work to make your to make you miserable at home or let your relationships trouble affect you in the office. Remember, everything is solvable. And if you can't see a solution, it only means you haven't worked it out yet. Um, often the reason you can't see a solution is because you're too close to the problem. And this is uh, back to what he said before. Take a step back. So zoom out. Zoom a little bit more out. This phenomenon, similar to what psychologists call cognitive reconstructing. Shifting the way in which your problems are presenting themselves in your life. Um, <clears throat> so, to wrap up this chapter. He goes, I got this doesn't mean you have a perfect solution. Look at your track record. You've really got this. You'll make it work just like you always have. You had it then. You got it now. Get in touch with who you really are and say it. I got this. I got this. I got this. So, I just want to say, I usually don't give my opinions until the very end. But it's kind of hard not to throw in here that he specifically said in the beginning, this isn't about positive affirmations. And truth be told, these are, this is to me, this is a form of affirmations. Um, not mad about it. It's just kind of like one of those things where he was like, yeah, this isn't going to be like that. But it is like that. But, <laughs> um, all right, chapter five, I embrace the uncertainty. Uncertainty is where new happens. Page 97, chapter 5, you're an addict. You're out of control and so dependent on your drug of choice, you don't even realize how it's affecting your life. You have a gnawing craving, and that craving is for prediction. Will it rain tomorrow? How will the stock perform? Who will be who will win the Super Bowl? You're constantly looking ahead, trying to figure out what's going to happen before it actually does. Why? Certainty. Um... Page 98, we even know that our openness to talk risks directly correlates with our potential for fortune and possibility. Yet many of us still stay in our own little organized certain world. Sure, there are still deadly diseases that uh, threaten random acts of violence or uh, Sure, there are still deadly, deadly diseases and the threat of random acts of violence or catastrophe, but the chances of you catching a mis 
uh, mysterious zombie virus are being swept up by Dorothy and Toto to a fantastical Hollywood dreamland are, I'm happy to say, slim. Now, I, I actually picked this for a couple reasons. I mean, it's part of, I know it's it's part of his approach. Um, so I'm not mad at it. But I think it's funny because, obviously, this was, I think, written, or, this was published in 2018. He had no idea COVID was going to hit. And I, I know it's not a m- mysterious zombie virus, but it surely changed the world. And I think, to to stress this chapter, um, and kind of quote, on page 100, he says, Our obsession with certainty can be tragic and counterproductive for two two reasons. And I'm going to dive into those two reasons that he says, but I think that we all can say with certainty that COVID brought such a huge amount of uncertainty that if you're not, if you haven't developed a way to pretty much cope with the stresses that come from uncertainties, I think that COVID probably had a way worse effect on you. Now, there are some people, obviously, they, I don't think you could, you could, prepare to to lose your job, lose your house, lose your car, lose family members. There's no way you can pre- prepare for the you know the catastrophic effects that COVID had on a lot of people. People lost their businesses. People lost the things that they'd been working for or with for you know, I mean, years and years. I mean, we're talking people that opened restaurants and had restaurants for 30 years, 40 years and they closed because they couldn't keep them open. Like they couldn't they just didn't have the money. So I say all that to say uncertainty, I think we're all very comfortable with it now, or at the very least familiar with how it strikes. But Mr. Bishop, he says, first, uncertainty is where things happen. Uncertainty is your personal pathway to opportunity. It's the environment in which you grow, experience new things, and productive and produce new, unprecedented results. Uncertainty is where new happens. So, jump to 101. Geez, half the time you can't even predict your own thoughts and feelings. Think of the many times you've rushed to judge and then later changed your mind. Page 102. Quote, In any moment of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing is the wrong thing. And the worst thing you can do is nothing. That's uh, Theodore Roosevelt. I like that quote. Because... That's pretty much how I got trained for my current job. They didn't have time to train me. So he looked at me and he said, listen, just do something. It Honestly, just do something. If it's wrong, okay, it's wrong. You made a mistake. You can, But if you do nothing, it looks like you didn't even try. And I was like, you know, that's kind of crazy. But you're right. And he was right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make sure I tell him about this quote by Theodore, Theodore Roosevelt. So 103. In my career, I've coached many, quote, successful, unquote, people who came to me because their lives had gone flat and uh, became unsurprised and uh, tepid. What happened? For many of them, they got comfortable. So um, it's just going to go on about uncertainty, um, chasing what doesn't exist. And we're going to wrap up chapter five with opportunity hunting. When you stop searching for certainty, when you quit trying to make sense of everything, a lot of your stress will simply melt away. Page 113. I embrace the uncertainty. This one simple statement can completely change the way you live moment to moment to moment. The only thing that's guaranteed in this life is that it's uncertain. 
The only thing we know is that we know nothing. Go ahead, say it. Embrace it. I embrace the uncertainty. And we're going to wrap up with chapter 6. I am not my thoughts. I am what I do. Now, this chapter for me, I took a lot from this. Um, because I, I do love words. But what I'm realizing the older I get is if you want to show something, the best way to do it is just be like Nike, as corny as that sounds, and just do it. Uh, or Yoda, do or do not, there is no try. Uh, top of, uh, this is page 118. He says, you are not defined by what's inside your head. You are what you do, your actions. So, uh, the beginning of chapter six, change your thoughts, change your life. I, I just highlighted that and we're going to skip to page 121. Like you do... Like you'd rather do anything than the task at hand. The to-do list quickly becomes a don't-want-to-do list. Even if you're married or already in a relationship, you might also identify with those feelings of undesirability. When your thoughts about your situation have become more consuming and debilitating than everything else. When you have become so distracted from what your relationship is supposed to be about, so embroiled in the, in the should and shouldn'ts and the could and couldn'ts and the who's right and who's wrong, you often wonder why the hell you're sitting in it at all. The truth is we all do this from time to time. Even the most driven, most successful and wisest among us have these kinds of thoughts. You are not your thoughts. This is page 122. You are not your thoughts. You are not defined by what's inside your head. You are what you do, your actions. Quote, great thoughts speak only to the thoughtful mind, but great actions speak to all mankind. That was also Theodore Roosevelt. Um, page 123. It's not that they always feel like doing what they should. They simply focus and lean in. They act anyway. It'd be great if we could simply decide to never have a negative thought. But when it comes down to it, that's just not realistic. I know, I know my positive thinking peeps are losing their minds at this statement. But here's something for even those people to consider. Haven't you wondered why you come up with positive positivity as the answer to your life in the first place? Have you ever noticed how you are when impacted or surrounded by apparently negative people or situation? That's right. Even you get gripped by the old negative hand now and again, no matter how might how you might try and avoid it. The truth is, it's difficult to say it, let alone control what you think about. Page 124. No matter how hard you try, you're going to have the occasional negative thought. Maybe more than occasional. As I consistently say to my clients, you don't have to feel like today is your day. You just have to act like it. Sure, it never hurts to be in the right kind of mood or mindset. But if we sit around waiting to be in a perfect mood, we're just never going to get started. Quote, we become just by performing just actions, temperate by performing temperate actions, brave by uh, performing brave actions. That was Aristotle. You change your life by doing, not by thinking about doing. In fact, when you become closely associated with the actions you are taking, something magical starts to become apparent. And that's on 126 into 127. Thoughts about actions are just that, thoughts. And your negative thoughts about yourself, others, or your circumstances will have no impact on your success as long as you leave them where they lie. I think that's one of the craziest things because, yeah, how many times have you thought about quitting your job? And then you don't quit. And, and you stay. 
or you know you can't go into the wouldas couldas shouldas um I'm going to wrap up this chapter. There's a lot of good stuff in here. Uh, I actually really, I did enjoy this chapter as well. But we're going we're gonna to wrap it up. On, one page, on page 136, separate your thoughts from who you are. I am not my thoughts. I am what I do. Remember the next time you are, uh, you're not feeling it, when you're not in the mood to go to work or take a significant step in life, when you're doubting yourself too much to get started, forget all of it. Just take that first step and the next one and the next one. You are not your thoughts. Act. You are what you do. Alrighty. So, next time, we will be wrapping up the book, chapter 7, 8, 9. As always, thank you for listening to the evaluation, the New Age uh, Book Club. Um, if you're looking to listen to a podcast that is lighthearted, funny, uh, go listen to my friend Dom's podcast. Uh, sometimes he has... Three other people on there, uh, Sean, uh, Corey, and I always mess Sean's girlfriend's name up because they don't always call her by her name, but her, she, they're all so funny. Love them to death. It's, it's great. It's great energy. It's something that I listen to weekly. Um, yeah. And if you want to donate to the pod, uh, let me know. I'm down for, uh. Barnes and Nobles, um, some of my friends gave me Barnes and Nobles gift cards for Christmas to support, uh, some of the new books that are coming for this year, and I want to at some point do a giveaway just to get people to actually, uh, read. I think reading is one of my favorite pastimes and hobbies, that's why I started the podcast. Anyway, you guys have a, a wonderful day or evening, and I'll catch you next time. Peace.